it is Red Guardian. We are here to talk about a black widow. It was pretty good. Okay, it's the Infinity Watch Podcast. I am clearly injured. Um, <laughs> welcome to the Infinity Watch podcast. Oh, I don't know. I was I was totally expecting Miss Minutes, and I forgot we're talking about Black Widow today. And so <laughs> I was like, is he having trouble getting his voice ready? And then I totally clicked what you were doing. Welcome to the <laughs> Infinity Watch podcast. My name is Tommy, and I am here with my somewhat Russian co-host, Eric. Yes! <laughs> I think for just a second it slipped into Borat, but then it came right back. My problem when I was practicing it is it kept slipping into Watto from episode one. Oh my god, that's what it is that I'm hearing. <laughs> Lubium, we got lots of that. <laughs> Amazing. You'll never win the Padre Anakin. Mm. What are other Watto lines? I love doing Watto's voice, actually. Oh, I always man. say lubium. I say lubium all the time. <laughs> lubium, what a great word. Uh, Republican credits. <laughs> all right, all right, I'll stop. Welcome to the podcast. We got a we got a episode packed full of a, a lot of good stuff this week. We are here to talk about episode five of Loki. We are one episode away from the season finale, possibly the series finale. We'll see. I don't know. Um and we're also talking about Black Widow, the first Marvel movie we have seen in theaters in over two years, mm. which is insane. Insane. So let's jump into the news. Got um, just a couple of items to discuss. I don't want to have too much going on since we have so many other things to discuss today, but it is looking like Black Widow uh, pulled in almost $40 million just Friday alone. Uh, which is crazy, and so it's looking to hit probably almost a hundred million this weekend, um, which is super super crazy. Um, kind of the first, if not one of the first big uh, blockbuster movies. You know, we got Fast and the Furious Nine came out as well to really start revving the 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 box office back to life. I think. Yeah, that's. Uh, I mean, I'm not. I don't know. It's I, I, I still wonder. I'm still skeptical. I, I wonder if it's going to have legs, but but I, I mean, I, I hope it does, though. I, I that's not me saying um, that's not me betraying any negative thoughts I had about the movie. I, I hope it does have legs, but I'm just uh, I'm 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 skeptical. I'm still skeptical. I don't know. Yeah. I don't know if it's time for big, big billion dollar blockbusters yet, but we we will see. Yeah, I don't know about you, Eric. I know when I saw it this weekend, I saw it Thursday night. The theater was sold out completely. Wow. Um, which was kind of just crazy to see. Uh, it's not something we've seen in a bit. But uh, yeah, I guess we'll see how it goes. I guess Disney and Marvel Studios, they're hoping for a box office launch this weekend alone for $120 million. But they think it might surpass 130 So we'll see. Wow. Okay. Good for them. Money, money, money. Um, oh, yeah. 
the big trailer this week, uh, kind of the big thing happening in Marvel Studios outside of what we were already expecting, is the trailer reveal for Marvel's What If. Wow, I, I already forgot that happened. Yeah. Yeah. It was uh, it was a big one, which this is kind of I, I think it's a ten episode series, animated series. Um, it'll premiere on August eleventh, um, and features individual stories in which uh, basically something changes. It's like, what if this was different? What if you know that was different, etc., cetera, etc. Cetera. And so, uh, super interesting trailer. Um, you know, a lot of the main cast came back to voice their characters, though it's looking like Tony Stark. Steve Rogers, The Collector, Doctor Strange, Captain Marvel um, will not have the same voice actors as they do in the series. So, Oh, Doctor Strange isn't going to. That's what this one article was saying. Um, oh, yeah. It says, yeah, Robert Downey Jr. and Benedict Cumberbatch won't be part of the proceedings, which was interesting because I thought that it was his voice in the trailer. Uh, to be honest, I don't I don't even remember hearing his voice in the trailer, but I just assumed Doctor Strange would be a pivotal part of this whole thing. So they would want Benedict Cumberbatch. But uh, interesting. Yeah, I find it super interesting, especially, I guess, more with Benedict Cumberbatch than anyone like that is Benedict Cumberbatch animated. Like, yeah. Oh, yeah. No yeah, yeah. doubt about it. So um, to me, I, I guess it's not it's not as big of a deal. I would have liked to have more people. Uh, come back but it seems like a decent amount of them have um and so I'm, I'm looking forward to it i thought the trailer was really interesting and it looks like uh there was like a brief scene and it looks like a doctor strange villain called shuma goris uh is going to be in it which is no one will know who that is but uh, yeah i was gonna say a famous doctor strange villain i've read so shuma many Goris, so many doctor strange comics it's not even funny <laughs> Um, the only reason I know it's Shumagorath is because it looks like a gigantic, like tentacle, like monster kind of thing. Mm. And so, um, I Shum- cannot wait for the rule 34 Marvel tentacle porn soon to come. Oh, it's coming. It's coming for sure. <laughs> who, who am I kidding? There's, there's probably already millions of examples out there on the internet. Always, always, always. <laughs> um, but yeah, could could be some uh, reality kind of shifting stuff because that's the type of character that is. So maybe that might be the villain of the series in some way. I don't know. We'll see. What did you think? Did you like the trailer? I loved the trailer. I um, it really wasn't. I was expecting this show was going to be a bunch of completely disconnected one offs, and. This trailer seems to heavily imply that that's not going to be the case. There's going to be some crossover between the episodes. Um, and I think that's fucking awesome. Uh, I think that's a way better way to do any show. I'm generally not a big fan of of shows that are just like one-off episodes. I guess with the exception of sketch comedy shows, maybe. But um, I think s- stories are better when they're like super connected, obviously. That seems like a like an obvious thing. Um, and I'm glad that it seems like this one is going to be that. I, I really think this trailer lends even more credence to the idea that um, the clearly this next phase of Marvel is just going to be multiverse shenanigans, just nonstop. Um, oh, yeah. And I and I love it. And so here's my big theory from the trailer. I forgot I almost forgot to I almost forgot about this. But uh here's my big theory. 
Um, somehow, with all the multiverse shenanigans, they are going to bring back Killmonger so Michael B. Jordan can be Black Panther. What? Uh, there's absolutely no way. When I saw how heavily Killmonger was featured in the trailer and the fact that it is Michael B. Jordan, um, the fact that he's such a huge name and he got done so dirty in the first Black Panther movie, and he is, to me, the obvious choice for if if they were going to straight-up recast Black Panther, like, you would think Michael B. Jordan would have a pretty good shot at that role. He's, he's an, an incredible actor. He's, like, super hot right now. Him and the director um, are really good friends. Right, yeah. They did Creed together. It's like... It, it, it just seems like there's no way they're going to bring Michael B. Jordan in for one movie. And then, well, I guess there is a way. It seems like that's what they were going to do. But, like, why would you do that? Like, don't don't waste Michael B. Jordan. Make him a big part I, I of would the love Marvel it. Universe. Yeah, I mean, he's a great actor. Um, yeah. That director, Ryan Coogler and him have made several movies together. Um, not that he auditioned for that were written for Michael B. Jordan. Right. Um, that's my favorite theory so far. For sure. I just feel like, like maybe, maybe this version of Killmonger will be like a little less evil. And I wouldn't, I wouldn't even argue Killmonger was like 100% evil in Black Panther, but like, you know, I mean, maybe this one will be a little more palatable. As king of Wakanda. Well, I mean, he lived a different um, life than right. Exactly. You know, exactly. And so it's kind of like it's like the extenuating Thor Loki situation in a sense, almost. Yeah. Yeah. One hundred percent. Actually, that's but very interesting. I really think they. I mean, that trailer. I feel like Killmonger was all over it. Yeah, I was kind of surprised to see him pop up because I guess I, you know. I wasn't really expecting him to. And, yeah. you know, from day one, I was like, why did they kill that guy? Yeah, like, of big course. Mistake. Crazy decision. Yeah. With both killing him and Ulysses Claw, I was like, guys, like, yeah. great characters. We're like, just keep them around. Um, but hmm, that's really interesting, dude. I would love that. Yeah. Uh, me too. Me too. Well, speaking of resurrections or returns. Mm. Um, basically, uh, it was kind of revealed in some way. This is in Vanity Fair's podcast called Still Watching. Um, mm. senior writer Joanna Robinson addressed an Easter egg that popped up in Loki, which we'll talk about later. And she said, I don't know if that's an indication of something to come, but I do know that Corey Stoll in some shape will be back in Ant-Man 3. Yeah. Yes. Um. Uh, wow. That I didn't hear that he was officially going to be back. But I. I mean, I don't think this is not a spoiler for the episode or anything. Um. Basically, in in the latest uh, episode of Loki, uh, there's just a an ex- incredibly brief shot of you know all the all the insanity in the void. One of the seemingly thousands of Easter eggs in the void is. A giant uh, yellow jacket mask. Just yeah. Bl- blown up. It was kind of hard to even keep track of all of the Easter eggs. I'm going to list off 100%. a whole bunch of them. Um, 
And I have a court case that I would like to make to to the court of Marvel uh, oh. in our podcast today, too, as well. Oh, um, okay. But, uh, yeah, super interesting. I'm super excited. And, and you know what? We're going to keep going down the same kind of return rumor mill here. Um, this this lady, uh, she's a popular YouTuber. So take this with every grain mm. of salt on the face. Yeah. <laughs> I guess she has a spotty track record, but recently shared some reliable insider information on the releases of the Snyder Cut. Um, and this is what she says. She says, I can also tell you that not only is Charlie Cox, the actor who played Daredevil, in She-Hulk, but he'll appear in costume as Daredevil, not just as Matt Murdock like he will in Spider-Man No Way Home. Mm, yeah i don't this this, this is one, one i don't believe yeah me neither i i saw the rumor uh that he was gonna be in no way home as well and i just don't i just don't believe it i just don't believe it also he's not what is with the glorification like i got nothing against charlie cox but he's not by any stretch like the definitive daredevil I think like, he's a great Matt Murdock. I'll give him that. Um, but I hated I like I love Daredevil. Daredevil's my favorite. Yeah, yeah. My favorite superhero. I the show was good, but like I had to like separate it from Daredevil in my mind because like it's just not the Daredevil I know in the comics. Right. Cuz he just he just seems so depowered in a sense. And like I want to see him flying around doing some crazy ninja yeah, shit and like Yeah, for sure. He's basically almost like Spider-Man and how he flies around the city. Yeah. And you can say what you want about Ben Affleck's Daredevil. That shit they got right. Yeah. Yeah. There's a lot of goofy shit about Ben Affleck's Daredevil, but it gets more hate than it deserves. And for those that haven't seen that movie, highly recommend watching the director's cut of Daredevil. Um, Just try to phase the evanescence out in the background and you'll enjoy it. No, don't. Embrace it. <laughs> Wake me up. <laughs> oh, my God. We did it at the same time. Oh, man. Oh, man. Amazing. No, I actually, I highly recommend watching the uh, the director's cut of that movie. It's it's not bad. And uh, what's his name? Uh, God damn it. John Favreau's in it, which always surprises me. Yeah. And Please. Colin Farrell as Bullseye. Incredible. Yeah. Oh, my gosh. So good. <laughs> Love it. All righty. One last bit for me uh, for news. This was interesting. I, I saw that Marvel is rumored to be seeking diverse actors for most, if not all, team members of the Fantastic Four. Oh, OK. So there's a Marvel source. I just thought, OK, like I'll just I'll just caveat here. I always find casting like uh direction when it's like from like a, a studio to feel like extremely weird just because i feel like it's just really creepy how they describe people um sure. it says they are looking to specifically cast people of color they also want this new team to be younger aged 20s to 30s they plan to keep sue and johnny as actual siblings this time in the same race but they are open to mixing all races and casting this family for example, Human Torch, an invisible woman, could be Latinos, allowing Mr. Fantastic to be black or Asian. They're still very open, but the thing has to be rocks. <laughs> I just yeah. added that last bit in there. <laughs> well, I mean, you're not you're not wrong. 
Um, yeah, sure, great. I mean, yeah, yeah I mean, yeah, sure. I'll. Uh, I so th- I think that does give us the piece of real information that gives us is they may be leaning more towards the ultimate Fantastic Four if they're looking at younger. Yeah, um, yeah, for sure. I, I think that makes sense given yeah. the universe. And, and I think uh, maybe, it, it you know, there was maybe possible tie-ins there with with uh, WandaVision and S.W.O.R.D. when they were talking about, you know, manned space flights and things like that. Mm-hmm, but mm-hmm. they could also use it as, you know, these were like kind of dimension-traveling people, too, in the Ultimate Comics. So maybe they end up in our world, and that's how they get introduced, too. You know, there's a lot of different oh, avenues there. Oh, that'd be there. interesting, yeah. But um, yeah, it would be nice. I, I love Reed Richards, so um, I'm all about it. All I want, all I want, and we won't get it in the first movie, but in the next 10 years, I just want Evil Reed. That's all I want. That I think Ev- Evil Reed Richards is like such an underrated villain. Because still, even still, even though he's such an incredible villain, people still, uh, I mean, you know, correctly associate Reed R- Richards as a hero. But, um, but God damn, is he a great villain? <laughs> I would love to see him be like, be a, be a big bad, maybe team up, team up with, uh, what's his face? Norman Osborn or something. I you know, don't know. You know what I want? Tell I me. want Dr. Doom as a recurring villain. Yes, true. For the Avengers. Oh, man, that'd be awesome. Yes, 100%. Just get some sweet, like, mystical science, uh, you know, like, sorcery type stuff. That'd be yeah. so cool. I would love it. But yeah, I love the Fantastic Four and the villains and stuff that they have. I actually, truly, my biggest ask is I want a comics-accurate Galactus, all purple yeah. and shit, just to pop up. Oh, man, that would be awesome. I think there's a chance we get that. I think there's a good chance we get that. Yeah, me too, because they can't do the cloud anymore. Just can't do it. <laughs> no, no, they cannot. They, Speaking of clouds. They're clouded out, yep. <laughs> do you want to jump over to Loki? Yes, I do. I think it's about that time. All right. Let's jump right into it. We are discussing episode five of Loki, aptly titled Journey into Mystery. Love that title. It's great. Yeah. Oh, my gosh. Just chock full of references this episode oh yeah um and we got one more left of this season so shit is hitting the fan uh we're gonna start off at the tva basically ravana and sylvie um they're talking back and forth after everything that happened the reveal of the the timekeepers not being real bunch of chuck e cheese looking motherfuckers and (laughs) you know to me what what really was confusing. I can't quite peg Ravana at this point because her reality has basically collapsed on itself and she doesn't seem as shook as I thought that she would be. Yeah, agreed. And so I think she's kind of being a little duplicitous uh cuz like she doesn't seem as shattered that her reality is destroyed everything she dedicated herself to and now she's kind of like I just want to know who lied to me. I want to know who's behind this. But I have a feeling that she kind of had some idea. Yeah, I feel the same. I think she is. I think the other characters in the show that are accusing her of like, you want to find this out, too. I think they don't know what they're talking about. I think I think she knows. I think they're projecting their own feelings onto her. Yeah. Oh, yeah. A hundred percent. Um, 
And so that was very interesting at the start of this episode. And she did give us an explanation to what happens when you get pruned. She said this. She says, when we prune a branched reality, it's impossible to destroy all of its matter. So we move it to a place on the timeline where it won't continue growing. Basically a void at the end of time. And so that explains our after credit scene from last week. And yeah. it gives us hope that Mobius is also not dead. Yeah. What, um, so what did you think of the design of the, the void? Um, once we're actually there, is that like basically once we see Loki in the void, is that what you mean? Yeah, I mean, just yeah, just the 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 set in in general, the the set yeah. piece in general. I thought it was good. Uh, I I liked the plot device of Eliath, right? So like, basically, right after she says that, we see a quick zoom in on Loki standing next to all the other Lokis. So what do we have? Alligator Loki, Kid Loki, Boastful Loki, and Classic Loki. And then they have to run away from Eliath, who is basically kind of like a dragon slash dog looking cloud monster um very reminiscent to the old lost episodes uh, only bigger um <laughs> so i like the design of it just kind of being a wasteland and i also liked how they showed that when something got pruned to the void a lot of the times Eliath just came up and just fucking ate it or whatever <laughs> yeah and so it kind of gives more explanation like well why isn't there more stuff there or something you know, Eliath is basically like a, a Roomba for the Void. Yeah. Oh, I I love that. And so he's just like, oh, some new shit over here. <laughs> you know, kind of get all that good stuff. Um, <laughs> but no, yeah, I thought it was interesting. I, I thought there was a lot of interesting stuff there. How did you feel about the design of Eliath as as one of as one of dozens ominous cloud monsters? <laughs> In so, superhero movies at this point. So, you know, obviously I'm not a big fan of ominous cloud monsters. <laughs> yeah. Um, I'm actually very anti-ominous cloud monsters. But, like, Eliath in the comics is an ominous cloud monster. Right. So, like, for me, it didn't bother me as much because it just, that's what he looks like. Yeah. Um, And so I thought that they did as good of a job as they could. I mean, it's very comic accurate, actually like the look of it, you know, it's just like a purpley cloud with a face, you know? Um, yeah. And so I actually thought it, they did a good job at making, making the menacing cloud look menacing and scary. Actually. Um, I think I know I'll jump around just a little bit. Like there's a scene where they drop basically a, a ship, like a battleship full of men and we see Elias kill them all. And it was terrifying. <laughs> <laughs> like yeah. it was brutal how they died. And so um yeah, I didn't mind it too much, especially because he's not like the main main bad guy per se. Yeah. Yeah, I I uh I would agree. I think the fact that he had literally any amount of like definition, like you, you like you could clearly see it was almost like an attack dog hiding behind a cloud or like hiding in a cloud. Like it wasn't yeah, just yeah. like a cloud, but it was like like it reminded me of like Cerberus, but just with one head, kind of. Exactly. Like, <laughs> and, and if Eliath normally was supposed to be like a giant, gigantic attack dog, I would have not been happy, right? But like, that's just like what he's supposed to look like. So I'm like, yeah, okay, it's good, it's fine. 
Totally. I just knocked my mic over. I may or may not edit it out. I'm saying yeah. it now. So just <laughs> I figured FYI. I was like, uh oh, there goes the microphone. Um, <laughs> and I think it's really interesting. Just one more note before we bounce back to the TVA really quick um, is as they're running away from Eliath, Loki asked Kid Loki what his Nexus event was. Yeah. And he says he killed Thor. Badass. Talk about just like um, one liner action that just kind of gains instant respect. Yeah. Well, Very similar he... to Vision kind of picking up Mjolnir. You know, it's like, yeah, okay. Yeah, for sure. All right. Yeah, it, because it, prior to this, it's mentioned that it's, uh, you know, Loki was kind of being Loki, being kind of a dick. And uh, the other Loki, to the kid, and the other Lokis were like, yo, you should probably respect this kid. Like, the, all of this is his kingdom. Loki's like, what? <laughs> and then, yeah, it turns out it's because he's the one who killed Thor. And then he realizes his mistake very quickly. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. It's like, okay, <laughs> all right, all right. Um, all right. So we kind of basically this entire episode, it's TVA then time void, TVA time void. So we briefly bounce back to more Sylvie, Sylvie and Ravana talk. They're inside the time court, is what I'll call it. Um oh, I, and- I like that. Yeah, it sounds like, uh, what is it, Night night Court? Yeah. Um, And Sylvie is basically working with Ravana at this point, like very wrongly trusting her because no one should trust Ravana about anything. Mm -hmm. Um, And Sylvie has a theory, which I thought was brilliant once again, that there may be something beyond the void at the end of time because just like apocalypses, it's basically undetectable. You can't cre- create a branch beyond the void of time because there's nothing to create a branch oh, against. Um, I don't think I made that connection. Yeah, that's I like it. It's like just, just like that in the apocalypse. I just thought they were very creative uh, ways of getting around the TVA um, that the writers came up with, which was interesting. And so they're talking to Miss Minutes. We get to see Miss Minutes a whole bunch. Yeah, um, finally. In this she's episode. Back. Yeah, just kind of floating around, helping people find files. And Miss Minutes, yeah, she knows some shit, too, clearly. Yeah, oh, yeah. Um, and then, basically, at one point, uh, you can tell Ravana tells her something that is kind of like a code word, uh, that there's trouble, and that she's being held captive, essentially, by Sylvie. So she says something, and then they, they're stalling, 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 and a bunch of Minutemen come in. And Ravana has double crossed her essentially. And it's really funny. Ravana's really good at, at being like a scared little bitch and then like being like, I'm gonna fucking kill you within like a second. Um, which is really good acting, I think. And uh so Sylvie jumps and she's hiding behind like kind of like part of this court, and she's kind of cornered. She's like, What are you gonna do? Hide in like another apocalypse? Uh we'll find you. And this is probably one of the crazier parts from the TVA parts of this this episode. She just takes the time stick thing and prunes herself. Yeah, I love love it. And you can tell it kind of fucks up the Minutemen a little bit. Yeah, because they're like, why would she? I mean, one of the guys seems so, uh, it's like, she's she's (laughs) self-pruned. And Ravana's like, all right, good. Like, whatever, carry on. Yeah, they all think that she just like killed herself. (laughs) Yeah. Meanwhile, Wait, but it is interesting, though, that d- do I'm I'm curious, like how much the Minutemen know about pruning, because wouldn't they say 
Why would they use the term self-pruned? Wouldn't they say, whoa, she just fucking killed herself. Like, why would they use that term, self-pruned? I wonder if, I wonder how much they know. They probably don't, like, want to say, like, I don't think that they know that they go to a void. I just think they use prune to make themselves seem less evil. Ah, yeah, maybe. They're like, you're a variant. You're not even a person. So I'm not killing you. I'm just pruning you off the timeline. Like you're a weed that shouldn't have existed in the first yeah, place. Yeah, I like I like that theory. I like it. Yeah, because I think that that makes it like if you're a minute, like if you're a minute man, you're like, I don't want to just be like some like ruthless killer all the time. But like when you v- don't view those people as people. Right. Then it's not killing. You can't kill someone that's not a person. You're a variant. Yeah. That's why they're always like, variant. And it's like, Jesus. It's like, so mean. <laughs> variant. Yeah, they always say it with like such vitriol. But, um, you know, we'll see. Yeah. But, uh, okay, so we spend a lot of time back in the time void at this point. Um, and the Lokis are kind of chilling in like a little hideout, basically, where they live. And I want to list off just a bunch of different Marvel Easter eggs. Um, I'm trying to figure out where I want to kind of. I feel like if I, I have to jump around if I want to make my case for uh, who I think is the bad guy in this show. But I think I'll wait a little bit. Um, oh, I mean, OK. I feel like I... it's extremely obvious who the bad guy is in the show at this point. OK, we're 100 percent on the Kang train, right? Yeah. Yeah. There's no chance it's not Kang. If it's not Kang, I'm going to be so pissed. Like, I I cannot even verbalize how upset I am if yeah. it's not Kang. And and, and, sorry, go, go ahead. It. Go ahead. No, you, okay. I was just going to say, I was going to start my first Easter egg is that when we're in the void, we see what appears to be Avengers Tower collapsed in the background. Yep. But instead of Stark or Avengers written on it, it says Kang, Q-E-N-G. Yep. <laughs> which is a reference to Kang Enterprises, a company that Kang owns. Yeah. Yeah. Not- okay, so like, this is not Mephisto 3.0. No, it's, it's not. not. I mean, the Ravana connection, the Kang connection, the just the general time shenanigans connection, and leading... Eliath. Eliath. Eliath, too. And, um... I think to your theory that this is all happening in the quantum realm, when do we know Kang is for sure popping up? The next Ant-Man movie. Called so this Quantumania. Is pro- <laughs> so this is probably, yeah, so this is probably all happening in the quantum realm. It's probably Kang in the weird cast, in the weird time castle beyond the void. And it's like, it's, so, it's it's just Kang. It's for sure Kang. So there's, there's two things I want to explain to people that may not know that much about Kang. So Kang the Conqueror fucks with time for his own gain. He fights the Avengers, whatnot. Later in life, Kang the Conqueror becomes a character called Amortis. And Amortis is more about making sure that the timeline is like protected and safe, kind of very similar to the TVA. And so like there's a lot of time fuckery there between the two different versions of the same person. So it is also very possible that Kang is being held captive in that castle by by someone else. And then Eliath is kind of not a guard dog to keep other people out, but to keep him from getting out in some way, who knows? 
I'm just saying, whether he's stuck there or he's there on purpose, I think it has to be some version of Kang the Conqueror. Whoa, I just have a, I have a theory that I'm so sure is correct. All right, let's hear it. Mobius is a variant of Kang. What the fuck? That's why him and Ravana like are so close. Dude, what the fuck? <laughs> oh the, man, that'd be really interesting too because Kang the Conqueror is is played by Jonathan Majors. Yeah. Um. Damn. Yeah, that I, would be really interesting. I'm so sure about this theory. I'm calling it right now. Fuck! I'm so excited about Kang the Conqueror. I'm <laughs> yeah, so excited. Well, imagine right. when he doesn't, when he's not even mentioned in the next episode. <laughs> you know what? Uh, I'll burn everything to the ground. Um. <laughs> Yeah, so I'm going to go through and just just go through a bunch of random Easter eggs from this episode. So obviously, Eliath, Eliath debuted actually as a rival to Kang the Conqueror in 1993. Um, you know, he has his own temporal empire. So um, that's something there. We see a, we see Yellow Jacket's head. Um, mm-hmm. The last we saw of Yellow Jacket, he basically kind of very violently kind of got sucked into the quantum realm. Did not look very good for him, but uh, supposedly we're supposed to see him at some point. Um, my favorite is the Thanos copter. Same. <laughs> One of the greatest, greatest comics, uh, non jokes that becomes a joke ever. Uh, if you search Thanos copter on, on Google, there's a comic in which Thanos actually has a helicopter that's yellow and it says Thanos on the side. <laughs> and it's just amazing. It's just like a really old comics thing. Thanos had to fly a helicopter. Um, <laughs> The best part about that storyline is at the end of it, I, I, I don't know how they, like, get him out of his helicopter, but he just gets arrested by, like, regular cops. Like, we gotcha. <laughs> Start beating beating him to death. Oh, my God. Too good. Just oh, amazing. Golden Age I, Marvel is something else. I had to explain that to Amelia because, I like, when I saw it, I was like, oh, my God, Thanos copter. And she's like, what are you talking about? And, you know. <laughs> nerding out all the way um all right so there's a, apparently a bunch of tva lunchroom trays just spewed about the ground in a lot, oh. of, a lot of spots okay um we saw mjolnir just chilling and there was frog yeah. which is the frog version of thor stuck in a jar trying to get mjolnir and he was actually voiced by chris hemsworth what in what sense? What do you? He, what do he you basically mean? like makes some like grunting noises a little bit, like only for like three seconds. So I wow. guess uh, that's actually Chris Hemsworth's voice just edited a little bit. All right, I sure I like it. We see a boxed Roxy wine, which is uh, probably from Rock's cart. Yeah, um, you know, it looks like ex- exceptional P- uh, Pinot Noir. Um, we obviously have reference to the Infinity Stones. We see Kid Loki drinking a high C ecto cooler juice box uh, from the tie-in with the Ghostbusters. Mm-hmm. Um, what else do we got here? We got we have a uh, we see a Sphinx, but with a nose, right? And I believe <laughs> in in many of the comics, Kang actually his ship looks like the Sphinx. Oh, interesting. Okay, Let's see Kang Sphinx. Let me see here. Yeah, his yeah, his shape look his his spaceship is basically the Sphinx. Um so that's even more Kang wow. tie-in. We see um Ronin's ship from Guardians of the Ga- or Guardians of the Galaxy, yeah. The Dark Asters is chilling. It looks yeah. like it's crashed there. Um there is a 
a bust on the ground of the Marvel character, the Living Tribunal. Yeah, uh, which is kind of like a time-defying cosmic character, and he essentially is a protector of the balance of the multiverse, which very topical. Um, there's a broken-down helicarrier in the background. Mm-hmm. Um, what else do we got? Um, and I think that's the main one, and basically, you know, the castle at the end here. But well, there's uh, there's one more. What did there I is a there is a Polybius arcade machine. Can you and explain to us what the hell that is? Yeah, so basically, this is like one of those. I, I'm not totally. I don't totally know, but so take this with a grain of salt. But but it's either a rumor or maybe based in fact that back when the CIA was like really on their shit. In the 60s, just doing the craziest shit imaginable. Um, the rumor was they created this arcade game that basically, like, tried to brainwash... Like, it hypnotized people. It brainwashed people. Um, and it's called Polybius. And supposedly this game is not real. Like, supposedly this is not real. But also, it's one of those things that's like, mm, but maybe it was, though. <laughs> but it's uh but oh, yeah, yeah i'm reading about this yeah it, a game that hypnotized players for some sinister unknown purpose before they all strangely vanished yeah yeah what it's it's really interesting um i've not done enough research into it but but yeah Pol- polybius <laughs> so polybius, in, in the marvel polybius. universe that's a real thing wow wild just chock full of good shit this episode yeah um Okay, so we basically, we have a lot of scenes in the void here. All the Lokis talking about their past. I will just say for me, classic Loki stole the entire episode. Yes. I loved it. It it literally felt to me like we were watching actual comic Loki on a screen, which I thought we kind of already were, but like this was like even more. Yeah. Um, And so I love that. And so he said basically... He lived the same life as the other Loki, though, instead of Thanos killing him, like he doesn't use the knives as much. He was more into magic and stuff like that. And so he avoided Thanos killing him by disguising himself as debris and then floated away from the entire incident and then stayed in isolation for basically the rest of his life. (laughs) He just he just wanted to avoid all the trouble that had happened previously in his life. But then he began to miss Thor and Asgard. And the moment he went to leave, the TVA picked him up. I found that to be interesting, like, the TVA is okay if you majorly fuck with the timeline as long as you don't majorly fuck, like, that's a big departure, but, like, even though he's not dead, but he's all, he's not affecting anything else, like, they're, like, cool with it. Like, that doesn't cause a timeline branch, apparently. Yeah, I guess it's like only when you start interfering with the other aspects. Since he was in isolation yeah. doing nothing, then it was kind of just like, all right, good. But then the moment he wasn't, you know. Yeah, I thought that was interesting. Yeah, I I did too. It was it was it was like okay, so like that kind of defines a little bit more, you know, how the TVA operates at least, which was very interesting. Yeah. Um, so I thought this was really interesting. All of the other Lokis in the Void basically found this hideout because Boastful Loki um, made a deal with President Loki to, you know, basically give them up. Um, and 
There's a scene when, you know, Loki, our, our, our Loki sees President Loki and like his entire gang of people. And I just love that within such a short period of time, our Loki is so annoyed by what he was doing like a week ago. Like, he's like, oh, my God, like, this is, like, so annoying, like, yeah. just how he behaved. And I love it uh, because, like, that was less than a week for him or maybe, like, a couple weeks or a month that he was in New York trying to take over. <laughs> um, and now he just can't stand his own behavior. Um, and so, basically, all of the Lokis just backstab each other left and right until there's none of them left. Is kind of what I got from that. <laughs> yeah, yeah, uh, potentially. Um, did you think? Uh, I-, I was a little surprised when our our Loki climbed was climbing that ladder, opened it up, and then discovered that President Loki from the trailers was not the same Loki. Did that like? Oh, you thought you thought our Loki would become the president? Yeah, that's what the, I, that's what I I thought our Loki was gonna like maneuver some shit and take basically take over the void. And I was very surprised to see that was not the case at all. I think I kind of expected that too, but I'm glad that it wasn't that case because I feel like that's such an old Loki thing. Yeah, you know what I mean. True. Like, yeah, like yeah, old true. being like the previous non-character, you know progression version of loki i think that's exactly what would have happened yeah um but yeah no i think i was 100 percent thinking the same thing and then i was like oh okay did you did you like how president loki lost his hand <laughs> oh my just gosh started screaming alligator Loki. yeah and then just everyone <laughs> went batshit basically <laughs> that like it was so out of left field. like i felt like it was tonally inconsistent but it it did make me laugh so i so it didn't bother me but well it's funny because he had such a deep voice you know um <laughs> and and then once he gets bit he starts screaming yeah. like a little girl oh just amazing love it um but yeah, it's just, I thought it was funny that like boastful Loki makes a deal with president Loki and then president Loki double crosses boastful Loki. And then all of president Loki's people double cross him. It's just like, it's just a mess all over the place. And, <laughs> um, you know, it's just so funny because it's so Loki. Yeah. Classic. But like our, our Loki is really not like that anymore. And so he's just rolling his eyes, just like, Oh my gosh, here we go. Um, super funny and i i just love it just reminded me even more of like where we were at with loki and i'm just really happy with it yeah um so kind of in between these scenes we see sylvie arrive uh at the time void and she's about to kind of get sucked up by Elioth, and we see a pizza delivery car drive up with none other than mobius in the car um, which was awesome because I don't even like Mobius didn't even know who it was she he was picking up probably. Um, I'm not sure how they really found each other, but um, yeah, like he picks her up, no questions asked, and uh, basically saves her from Elias. Yeah, it, yeah, and then he even uh, kind of makes fun of her, like, "Hey, why are you jumping in random people's cars? Don't do that. That's yeah. dangerous." <laughs> yeah, you shouldn't be doing this. Um. Yeah, and so that was great to see see Mobius back in action. Uh, you know, get to see all three of them together uh, kind of towards the end of this episode, which is great. Um, you know, at, after after the whole battle of the Lokis, 
Um, our Loki is like, we have to destroy Lyoth. Let's kill him. We'll go inside him, figure out where his brain or heart is, then we'll kill him. And all of the other Lokis, you know, basically just Kid Loki and Classic Loki and Alligator Loki, um, uh, basically laugh at him because it's crazy. And that's where we see that battleship kind of get dropped in into the time void. And we see Elias just like brutally murder all these people. Yeah. And Loki's like, okay, uh, we'll have to think on this one a little bit more. Um, but it's not long after that, that everyone's reunited. Uh, Sylvie and Mobius um, show up and basically she's like, she's just chiding everyone. She's so in charge. And just like a great character moment of like Sylvie just being like, you guys are all ridiculous. We're not going to do that. We're going to do like my plan. Um, I actually thought about you, Eric, at this point. I was like, Eric's going to really like this little scene, I think, just because Sylvie comes in and she just like commands every scene that she's in. Yeah. And it's great. Um, And she's basically like, we're going to enchant Eliath because I guess when Eliath was chasing after her, they like briefly connected. Like you could just for a second just see like a brief connection between the two of them. So her whole plan, enchant Eliath and see what Eliath knows because she says Eliath knows who's beyond the time void. Yeah, I th- I think that's a much better plan than trying to kill it, him, it. Yeah. How, how do you kill a faceless <laughs> yeah, cloud, cloud. <laughs> that seems to grow and do whatever it wants? Um, so I think we have one last scene here at the TVA. And, you know, nothing too crazy. It, I, I was like, what are we doing back at the TVA? Every time we were at the TVA, I'm like, why are we here? I didn't expect to see the TVA that much in this episode, but right. we got a lot of it. And Ravana is interrogating B-15. And she's like, you betrayed the TVA. And B-15's like, are you out of your goddamn mind? Like, the TVA doesn't <laughs> exist. The timekeepers don't exist. And uh, basically, B-15, you know, she's like, you won't beat Sylvie to figure out who's behind the timekeepers. And Ravana's like, why is that? And she's like, you only want it. She needs it. Yeah. And that that was like a very big scene. Um, I thought. I was I thought it was interesting. This this to me is what confuses me is I feel like Ravana knows more, but then they show scenes like this that make me feel like she doesn't really know more. Like, why did she even need to talk to B15 to be told that? It's confusing. Yeah, true. Yeah, that's true. That is true. I, I don't know. I feel like maybe she had some idea of what's going on, and she obviously knew a lot more than a lot of other people, but she seems to have, and tell me if you agree, she seems to not have thought the timekeepers were fake. I don't know. I, that's, I really That's don't. what confuses me, because I was like, how can this lady who spent a bunch of time with them not realize that they were fake? Well, and how could she not have way more of a reaction when... And I guess her, her logic is... That the the universe needs stability. So, like, we can't let this happen. Like, even though they're fake, the TVA is is real. And and I think she believes in the cause still, maybe. Yeah. Oh, yeah. She's, like, so driven by, like, the principle of making sure the sacred timeline is maintained. Yeah. So, and it's so, like, she doesn't want to yeah. let the TVA descend into chaos. Which I, which I guess I can understand, but, but you would think she would show any amount of emotion if she was shocked by by that. 
Yeah, she definitely she's very guarded. And you can tell, I mean, she's duplicitous. I mean, just like watching her talk to Mobius and how quickly she pruned Mobius, these type of things. Um, so like, it's really hard to, to take any reaction or emotion that she has as real. I just really hope this next episode kind of ties that up a little bit tighter. Um, because I'm confused by it. Yes. Um, but the last scene we see with Ravana and the TVA in this episode is she asks Miss Minutes, uh, for all the files on the creation of the TVA and Miss Minutes is kind of waffling. She's like, that's, that's a mighty tall order. And, um, and then Ravana just says, whoever created this place is in danger. I need to find them. And then Miss Minutes seems like she's like, okay, like, I'll get you what you need. Um, and so she's probably going to, next next time we see Ravana, I think she's going to be in King of the Conqueror's bed, if you ask me. Could be. We'll see. Could we'll see. be. All right. So kind of climax of this episode. Um, we have a brief scene which actually I think is extremely important, but you know, when I first watched it, I didn't really quite catch it. And it's Mobius talking to classic and kid Loki. And they're asking him like, what are you going to do when you go back to the TVA? And he basically is like, you know, figure out exactly what's going on and try to take it down and classic burn it Loki's, to the ground, <laughs> burn it to the ground, <laughs> which is actually something that Loki said at the very beginning of this show, which is awesome. Awesome. Oh, parallel. nice. Um, and classic Loki says, so just like that, you're turning on the very thing you devoted your life to, to which Mobius says, it's never too late to change, um, which I think is very pivotal in, in kind of the climax here. Um, there was a few minute scene. I don't have too many notes from it. Uh, basically, Loki and Sylvie uh, kind of snuggling in a blanket, kind of talking about their feelings. Um, like neither of them are really used to having friends or people that they care about. Um, and then Sylvie's like, how do I know you won't portray, uh, betray me at the end of this? And Loki's like, I know why I did that in the past. I betrayed my people, my brother, my father, my family. He's like, but I'm not that person anymore. Um, and it was a good scene, but I think <laughs> Twitter still is like losing their minds over the fact that these two Lokis have feelings for each other. They can't <laughs> process it. So the entire time I'm watching the scene, I'm just like, oh boy, here, here Twitter goes. Oh Yeah. Yeah, but, uh, it's uh yeah, I like I liked um I-, I liked this one. The so I saw a this is not from my brain. I saw this online. Uh but someone had the theory that they were both like they were both li- they're frost giants, right? So they're both lying about being cold. So Oh just- <laughs> yeah, that's hilarious. <laughs> Which I, I do like that. I do like that. That's hilarious. Um, <laughs> all right. So we kind of pick up after Loki and Sylvie have like their little moment. Um, and they're kind of gathering together and, and Sylvie hands Loki the temp ad. Uh, and I'm like, there's no way he's going back. And so he's like, no, I'm staying here with you. If you go, I go. Okay. I have a, I, I do have a little bit of a gripe with this. Okay. How the fuck. Oh my god! I'm sorry. I'm getting a phone call, and it's uh, ringing in my in my headphones. Of course it is. <laughs> um. Okay. How the fuck does the TVA not make it so that temp pads don't get pruned? 
Interesting. Like, that seems like a huge oversight. I guess it's like the same as like why clothes wouldn't get pruned. You know, I guess like we're probably not supposed to think about it too much. Um, yeah, but it's when like, it's this pivotal. So think, I guess here, let me let me try to justify it on the whim here. Okay. So when you get pruned, you're not being destroyed or anything. All it's doing is it's whatever it's pruning, it's taking that matter and transferring it in time and space to someplace else. Therefore, everything that you have on you, clothes, what's in your pocket, all these things, just get transferred to this other place in space and time. Totally, totally. I accept that fully. But I'm just saying there must be some kind of way. With all the power of the TVA, they can't just make a tempad, the most powerful device in the multiverse, unprovable. I mean, I... I guess like my if if I'm thinking so I didn't think about this at all because I'm just kind of letting my mind slip past it. Otherwise, it'll get too fucky. Yeah. But, um, my my gripe thinking about your gripe would be if someone's tempad is taken, they should have a button on a central console that says this tempad no longer works. Yeah, right. But 100%. at the same time, this is like it's like almost like 70s technology, only it's obviously way more powerful and so yeah it's just like i guess we just have to suspend that that belief yeah yeah no yeah i guess that's fair it is just a weird kind of dare i say timeless kind of uh yeah. technology there you go <laughs> oh my goodness um I'll accept yeah, that. I, I think mean, I think you've convinced me. I'll accept it's that. Been, well, I'm glad. I I feel like I didn't even have to really try that hard there, uh, <laughs> but I'll take it. Um. So basically, Loki and Sylvia are going to try to figure out this whole Elias situation. Uh, meanwhile, Classic and Kid Loki are going to keep living their life in the void. Apparently, they're fine with it. And the Tempad is given to Mobius to go burn down the TVA. He's following in Loki's footsteps. Um, kind of reciting his own words to him, which is a really nice bookend. Um, and so Mobius and Loki hug goodbye, which was just, I needed that. <laughs> I didn't know I needed it, but I needed yeah. it. And as he's hugging Loki, <laughs> yeah. he looks over to Sylvia and says, you're my favorite. I fucking love it. Oh my gosh. I just love Mobius as a character. I love Owen Wilson. It's been a, a grand slam. Yeah, he's he's great. So good. Um. And so Sylvie and Loki are approaching Elias, and, and Loki is going to try and distract Elias by using the sword that Kid Loki gave to him. And he kind of turns it into a flaming sword. Um, Sylvie is trying to um, enchant Elias while Loki is distracting him, it, whatever. Loki's distractions are not really working, and Elias is going straight for Sylvie. And classic Loki sees this, and this is when his mind kind of clicks in. And this was my favorite part of the episode. Yeah, same, actually. same. Um, classic Loki starts conjuring up illusions to create, recreate Asgard, like full on Asgard in the middle of the time void, and it just looks amazing. Yeah. And he's just like shooting green magic out from his hands and building Asgard, which is obviously distracting Elias because Elias like, what the fuck? Like, it's a gigantic <laughs> town is just forming here. Um, and to me, just like the way he was moving and conjuring magic and standing, just like his pose. Yeah. It was literally comic 
to screen perfect adaptation of like old school Loki. Yeah. In the comics. And it was so fucking cool. Yeah. I like did not expect to love classic Loki. Like he was my favorite in this whole episode by far. Um, and so he's building this and then Loki goes back over to Sylvie and she's like, we're going to enchant Elias together. And looks like I can't do that. She's like, yes, we can. We're the same. Um, and before, actually, I actually missed a really important line. They both look over as classic Loki is is making Asgard out of magic. And he says, I think we're stronger than we realize. <laughs> yeah, yeah. And the moment he said that, I was like, power boost incoming, baby. <laughs> um, which I loved. Um, can, and so, can I just say one of the things that made me absolutely fucking love that scene is, again, just brilliant musical score because it yeah. was oh the God. Loki theme mixed with the the ride of the Valkyries or the flight of the Valkyries, depending on what you call it. Yeah, 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 it yeah. just It just was so... It just made it feel... Because uh, ultimately, it's so silly, right? It's like an 80-year-old guy in wild-looking court jester costume. Right. Like... But, like, it made it feel so epic, like, unironically, which is my, truly mind-blowing to me. Um, but God damn it, props to that composer, because she is so fucking good. Every oh, yeah. Every new, like, best scene, in my mind, becomes that in a big part because of the music behind it. Like, yeah, no, I mean, just like the entire okay, the music for this entire series, like six out of six, yeah, easiest easy. six out of six ever. Easy, it's probably the best, if not very close to the best music in the MCU. Yeah, I would say it's probably the best, yeah, so above um, and beyond any any of the other ones. And I, I feel like music in the MCU has been getting a little bit better, but this is just like this is what it needs to be. Um, but the entire sequence of this climax you can just tell that they handled it so well because it so easily could have been so bad. It just, it could have not been nearly as emotional. It could have just not really hit as hard, but I feel like they just nailed it. Like classic Loki and how he looks and how he was acting and how he like redeems himself with the music, you know, Loki and Sylvie, you know, working together to finally enchant Elioth. It just like, it culminated really well. There was a few parts of this episode where I thought it, it kind of slowed and was a little bit, off pace or a little off kilter not in like a really bad way just not quite hitting it perfectly but like they really tied the ending together really well i thought yeah um and basically you know elias is going after asgard this fake asgard and then the illusion starts collapsing as as elias starts you know uh basically trying to eat it almost looks like kind of like a godzilla type you know, Godzilla climbing up the the Chrysler building kind of uh, visual. Um, and then Elias sees classic Loki and starts coming for him and he starts cackling and <laughs> it looked so amazing. And then he's standing in like this classic Loki pose and he just screams glorious purpose. And then Elias kills him. Yeah. And it, it was just so fucking cool. Um and and shortly after his death, um, Loki and Sylvia are able to enchant Elias. Loki's eyes are closed. I think he's still trying. And she's like, open your eyes. 
and everything's kind of turned green. And it looks so cool. Um, and I will note that there was a theory out there that every single episode kind of near the climax is themed after an Infinity Stone. That's... Because we've had, like, very dark, very obvious colors in, like, a lot of these episodes. Um, you know, there was the scene in Rock's cart where it's all red. Um, on uh, Lamentus 1 where it's all purple. This one, it's all green. And there's six episodes of this season. Um, I am going to say... That theory is 100% bullshit because you could literally cherry pick any scene with any of those colors heavily featured in any of the episodes and probably any episode of any television show that has ever existed. So I think people are uh, are kidding themselves with this one. Also, stop with the Infinity Stone and fetishization. Infetit... Cheese... <laughs> Fuck it. <laughs> Stop it with the Infinity Stones. I know that's what our podcast is based around. But I'm so, so over them. They're, they're, they're still here. They're still here. As much as you don't want them to be. I fucking... Um, I think... I don't think it's as heavy as of an implication as possible. But I do think it is like... I think there was some thematic touch to it where it's like... The colors have in some parts of these episodes been like so deeply contrasting. Um, but I'm glad it's not really like, it's not a heavy handed thing. I would like to think that yeah. like they kind of incorporated it as like a, a little nod, but that's it. Um, but I, I could be wrong and you could very well be right too. Cause it's, so it's what's really the last that... color that we're looking out for in the last episode? I believe blue. Okay. Um, cause we had orange, yellow, red, purple, green. Yeah. So it should be blue. I believe. Um, but we'll see. We'll see. It's you know, like I wasn't buying into it, but then when like this everything turned so green around them, and I was like, okay, maybe. Um, but who knows? It's just one of those little fun things. Oh um, well, god damn it, Kang is blue. <laughs> looks like you may be wrong. <laughs> um, okay, so yeah, let's 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 hit this like the, the peak of the climax. Here. Yes. They're looking around. Eliath is enchanted, and then everything starts opening up. Like the cloud starts opening up a little bit, and we see. And and I want to hear what you thought it was, but we see a castle in what appears to be a very quantum realmy looking area because the space around this castle seems very like purpley. It's like purple, green, blue kind of yeah look, um, and so. To me, I was like, well, what the fuck is that? Um, but it, to me, it, it, I just feel like it's got to be like Kang's castle, Kang's citadel, whatever you want to call it. Um, it looked like the quantum realm to me. It really did. Y- yeah, I think I think it's got to be. I'm pulling up a picture right now, and I'm just like, damn, if that's not the quantum realm, you know, at the top of like, you know, like, what do you call that? The There's like a tower in, in all castles. Um, where the princess is always being held captive, basically. Okay. In, in every Disney, the Watchtower. It, it's not really a watched. I don't know what you call it. There's a word for All it. Right. Um, but essentially that, yeah, it has kind of like a glowing light at the top of it for this castle. Um, but in the background, looking at this picture, there's greens, purples, pinks, blues. It's like it looks like it's in like a space or a quantum realm type area. It doesn't look like 
it is on like a planet or something. Not any type of planet that we've ever seen. So I don't know. We will see. Yeah, I am pretty stoked. If this is not Kang, I'm going to be so upset. I do think there's a small possibility it's going to be another Loki. But I, but I, I think, yeah, I, I do too. Yeah. But I, if it's not Kang, it's got to be. Yeah. That. Yeah. Yeah. But it's got to be Kang. <laughs> it's it's for right. Sure it, Kang. It's just, you know, like I feel, I feel like the Mephisto stuff, we were, we were reading into a lot of things and what we wanted. Um, with Kang, we know he's been cast. We know that he's going to be an Ant-Man Quantumania, and he ties to time. But beyond that, Ravana, Elioth, Kang Enterprise, like all of these things keep pointing directly to Kang, more so than anything ever pointed to Mephisto. Yeah. God, but, but so, hearing you say that, though, it does make me think we're being fucked with. <laughs> oh, I just don't know. Just Even if it's know. just the after credit scene of him, yeah. I just, you know, there's, I, I, I've, I've seen, you know, a lot of people thinking it might be Loki, you know, and, and I don't know, it's, it's very, very possible. It would make a lot of sense there too. Yep. Um, you could see, you know, like Loki wants to meet Sylvie. Maybe something happens to Sylvie, and the only way Loki meets Sylvie is if the TVA exists and they both get you know, arrest it, you know, I don't know. There's a million different possibilities. I just really want it to be Kang. Yeah. Please be Kang. <laughs> so we'll see how I feel next week. I wonder how he will look, like if he'll look like movie quality incredible or uh, or more like timekeepers level. What if what if they pull up to the castle and it's actually just like a, a jet ski, a jet Ooh. ski resort? I would love it. And Mobius is like, hey there, what's going on? I would love it. Wow. Um, all right, are you ready to rate this episode? Yes, I am. All righty. As we do on the Infinity Watch podcast, we rate our episodes, movies, whatever it is we're talking about out of six full Infinity Stones. Eric, what do we got this week? Um, I, I really loved this last scene, but... Uh, this one was probably my least favorite episode so far. I still really, really, really enjoyed it. But I'm going to give this one a four. I'm going to give this one a four out of six. All right. I really enjoyed it. But yeah, it, it was like what you were saying earlier. There was just something in some part. I just really. The, the, the Loki fight was like, I guess, kind of funny, but ultimately amounted to nothing. It's just. Yeah. I don't know. I think that was my least favorite part of this yeah, episode same. was the Loki fight. Um, this is my, this is like my least favorite episode was Lamentus one, um, which I think ironically was your favorite. Maybe um, I can't remember. I think maybe um, the first episode just for that, just for Sylvie's intro. <laughs> oh yeah. <laughs> I, I yeah, don't yeah. know. Okay. That was a, what a banger of a scene. Um, I I still really like this episode. There were some parts. It, I think it took a little bit to get going. Um, but ultimately, I'm giving it a five. I really, really enjoyed it. Um, I love the ending. It's got me like so fucking hyped. Um, yeah. And I feel like the second half of, these epi- of this episode really tied it together really good. Um, and it, it, it introduced a whole bunch of stuff, gave us a lot of really cool fan moments where it's like you could look out for things. And so overall, I really enjoyed it. 
Um, not as good as the last one, but I st- still thought it was really, really good. And so now I'm, I am so excited for next week. Um, so solid five out of six for me. Good shit. All right. We have a movie to talk about. <laughs> yes, we do. And I don't think we're going to go into as much detail as we do walking through these episodes. Um, but let's jump right into it. Yeah. Um, I have never been more happy to know that the James Bond franchise exists within the Marvel universe. Ha, yeah, for sure. I had that same feeling. This was very Bondish. Yeah, and I literally squealed like a girl because Black Widow watches the James Bond movie yep. Moonraker for a <laughs> solid five, ten seconds. She's reciting lines to Moonraker yeah. in the movie. Um, and so, as the biggest James Bond fan, um, I love that. This was very paid a lot of homages to James Bond, and so. Obviously, I really liked that aspect of it. Yeah, no, I I really did too. I I will say up front, I don't I don't know if I loved it, but I liked it a lot more than I thought I would. And I do think yeah. I owe that to uh, my just non-existent expectations. <laughs> but uh, but it, it that always helps. Yeah, you know, it really does. If you expect nothing, you always get something. Yeah. Um, but it, but it, it did you watch fun. it in the theater or did you watch nah, it at home? Fuck no, I watch I watched it at home. Um, nice. Yeah, but it's uh, yeah, it really it really far exceeded my expectations. I it was nice to like we hadn't seen a, um, a new Marvel movie in a while, and watching these TV shows, it's like they are very cinematic and. You do kind of like I I was falling into the into the trap, not a trap, but I was just like, wow, these are really movie quality. And guess what? No, they're not. (laughs) This is because Black Widow. I mean, that's it was nice to see like a movie. There's just a difference. There is definitely a difference. And and yeah, there is. And uh, it was nice. I I, I really liked it. Uh, What did you think about and and or. We can do this in order if you want, but I'm really curious. Let's just, but I say we just bounce all over the place okay. on this one for sure. Because I do not have detailed notes. I've only seen it once so far. Okay. I want to watch it again probably tomorrow. Um, so I don't have detailed notes because the first time I always watch something, I just kind of watch yeah, it. Yeah, yeah. So let's bounce all over the place. All right. Um, I'm surprised this movie wasn't called... Florence Pugh and the Black Widows. Yeah, but she—that's just what I was going to ask. What did you? Uh, what did you think of her? I thought she did great. I'm super she stoked. She was amazing, yeah. dude. I want more of that character, like right yeah. now. Yeah, I'm sure we're going to get it. I'm so stoked. The joke about the Black Widow pose yep. <laughs> was so funny. This movie had a lot of really good jokes, um, especially when they're talking about some darker shit too. Uh, when they're talking about how like the yeah. red room like rips out people's yeah. uteruses, they somehow like had a good joke at the end that was like actually really funny. Yeah, um, <laughs> bold, bold move, but very well executed. Yeah, I mean, for like a movie that's basically talking about like taking advantage of yeah of of <laughs> little girls and then like just fucking their lives over, they somehow were able to balance that out a lot. Yeah, big time. Um. Yeah, just like a lot of really good, like the Red Guardian. Oh my god, it's <laughs> yeah. hilarious. Yeah, he he was really good. I liked how in the uh, intro, uh, the first scene, basically where they're they're living in Ohio. The uh, 
the quote sisters, uh, Nat and Yelena, were little kids, and something happens, and they have to um, run away, basically. And so as they're running to <laughs> get to a plane, um, some kind of authorities. It was General Ross, actually. Or no, it wasn't. No, it wasn't. This was a. This, I think these were just like, yeah, some type of federal agents or something. Yeah, maybe. yeah. But they're they're pulling up on them. And I loved how uh, the girls and their mom, Malene, Malena? Malena. Malena. Yeah, Malena. Um, are starting to fly this plane away and it's very chaotic because like the mom shot like it's 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 very stressful and then the red guardian is straight up just hanging onto the wing for the entire flight presumably too yeah you very quickly realize that that he's super powered yeah, right yeah yeah right off the bat because he flips like uh some kind of trailer or something Oh, yeah, because there's, like, a trailer blocking the yeah. plane and, like, the little hangar, and he just flips it right over. Yeah. yeah, but I, but, so, I am so interested, they didn't really give an explanation as to what's, what's the drawback there? He seemed like, I mean, he definitely was, like, not a good dude, but, like, it's, he clearly was the kind of character who, it wasn't, he wasn't, like, super soldier serum gone bad evil he just was conditioned at a certain time at a certain place to be like a killer and so like what's the drawback to the russian super soldier serum i want to know and why isn't that in way more use yeah that is like one of the interesting things is that the russians were able to create super soldiers and so um it seems like maybe the answer to that question from civil war is that most of the time it didn't really work well. Oh yeah. Um, and it seems like maybe Bucky and him are one of the more better examples of it. Um, but I think beyond that, I don't think we really have much of an explanation other than just like the other people were basically like erratic, crazy homicidal killer type of people. Um, so I don't know. Very interesting. Um, but yeah, (laughs) It's, uh, I'm trying to think of what part I want to go to next. Um, Black Widow, I kind of wish she was a super soldier because I feel like the amount of times that she did things that would have killed any other person (laughs) were a little bit ridiculous in this movie. Uh, you definitely have to suspend, suspend the belief there. Um, and so that, that was one of the things I noticed, um, was really interesting um, you know, the General Ross aspect of things was interesting that he was kind of included there. Dude, I really liked we're getting Red Hulk. We have to. General Ross is popping up everywhere. I don't know. The dude's so old. So old. Yeah, but he doesn't um, have to mocap him. Like he's That's true. That's true. Anyone could really do it, because Red Hulk doesn't even really look like yeah. that. Um I love the beginning where she's talking to General Ross on the phone and they're like raiding this building and like we're led to believe that she's like in this bathroom and of the building that they're raiding and then it like it turns out like she's like completely like a different part of the world <laughs> and she's just fucking with them yeah. like I love that um the one thing I didn't like is 
I, I think I'm getting a little bit tired in general of movies taking classic songs and then there being yeah. like an angsty, slow remake of them. Like, Smells Like Teen Spirit by Nirvana. I don't know. <laughs> like, I'm a big Nirvana fan, so maybe I'm a little biased. Um, but I was like, eh. Mm, yeah like i I could do without it but you know yeah i am not a big nirvana fan and i did not like that at all (laughs) it's just been happening a lot yeah Um, yeah yeah it seems to be a trend for sure but it it was like it was just like one of those things i mean they had like an opening intro very similar to like kind of james bond where like you have like a title sequence which was yeah it did that did Um, annoy me greatly I I do oh god I do not like title sequences at the beginning of movies at all. It's so annoying. You know, it's it's like it didn't bother me. I thought it was like a little on the nose. Um but I saw someone on Twitter they're like Black Widow has the best title sequence ever and I was like relax. Did you watch Guardians <laughs> of the Galaxy 2? Like calm down. Like I oh really like this movie, god. but like can we like be like a little less hyperbolic in how we judge things? Like, it's, like, insane. I, I saw so many tweets that were, like, Black Widow is the best Marvel movie ever. And it's like, okay, guys, like, calm down. I like this movie, but, like, there's no way. There's just no way. Yeah. And you need to calm down. Um, I will... I think it's probably one of, like, the least... How can I phrase this? I... I it's like one of the least potentially annoying or or like it's it's way less likely like there's nothing in it that I think would put most people off like in some of the other movies most of the other movies I think there are several elements that would put that could potentially put some people off but I think this one was yeah. such a straightforward action spy movie and the fact that it was like really well done i think in in terms of that genre it's um i don't know i guess i'm kind of defending i could see how this could be a like a general viewer's favorite marvel yeah well and i i think but the best is a little i don't know about best but (laughs) yeah yeah well it's like to me you know i think you're right in that you can you could watch this movie without really knowing anything else. Mm-hmm. Like like legitimately. You really could watch this movie and enjoy it and not really watch the other 24. Um and so you know, that's that has something for it, I think. Yeah. Cuz I th- I think the Marvel Cinematic Universe it's getting for the for like the non-fan, the general audience, it's getting harder and harder for them to step <laughs> yeah. in. So to yeah. speak. Yeah. And so I really like this movie. I don't want to sound like a negative Nancy. I really liked it. It's just like, it's hard when you're waiting to see a movie and everyone's like, this is the best Marvel movie. Yeah. Ever. It's really hard to temper those expectations. For sure. um, I will say I'm, I'm trying to get all my negative stuff out. Oh yeah. Now. Um, Taskmaster felt so underutilized to me. Um, I, yeah. And I wanted more. I just wanted more. Um, yeah. It felt very similar to how they handled Ghost in Ant-Man and the Wasp. Yes! Where it's what a like, great hey, this is totally a man. This is a man, guys. Yeah. Hey, it's a man. It's a man. And then like, it's a woman. Yeah. Um, though I will say, I totally did not see Drakoff's daughter as being the Taskmaster. Like, they got me there. Yeah. 
Um, and so that was a great twist. I really enjoyed it. And I think it really made him even more of a sadistic villain. Um, yeah. In that, like that's his daughter. And like he just like uses her to go do his dirty work. Um, so that was crazy. I, you know, and I, just, I think I just wanted more more Taskmaster stuff. I would love to see him in like an Avengers movie, I guess her in the, in the MCU, um, you know, like actually mimicking all the Avengers, like, you know, face to face would be so cool. Yeah. I mean, she, um, mim- she got quite a few of them in this movie. She, I mean, she it's definitely like Hawkeye, Hawkeye black Panther, yep, Captain America, Captain America. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Lots of, lots of stuff in there for yeah. sure. Um, it just definitely Bucky, seemed like this she did movie, the winter soldier. Oh, yeah. that's right. That's right. Yeah, the knife yeah. thing. Um, this movie had so like the pace. It was it was pumping along. Fast. Yeah, I loved it. That's my kind of shit. Yeah, like there was like no time to like breathe at all. Um, and so that was that was crazy how fast it was going and how much they were doing. Um, Did you enjoy the Crimson uh, Crimson Dynamo reference? Oh yeah, that was great. It's like it's a it's a red guardian. Um, so does that does just, that mean the crimson dynamo exists, or does that mean he doesn't exist? That's a good question. I you know I always kind of took the crimson dynamo was Whiplash almost in a sense, because uh, Whiplash in Iron Man two was kind of a version of Crimson Dynamo and Whiplash together. Yeah. And so interesting. I think it was more of just like a fun reference. Yeah more so than anything. Um, but, you know, like Crimson Dynamo is Ivan Vanko in the comics. Right. And so Ivan Vanko is Whiplash in the MCU. So do hmm, I wonder if we get a Crimson Dynamo in like Armor Wars. It's very possible. Very possible. I think Crimson Dynamo might have started off. I think I might have misspoken. Ivan Vanko is a Crimson Dynamo, but I think Anton Vanko, his father, ah. is the first one. So maybe there could be like a little retcon there that Anton Vanko was a version of the Crimson Dynamo. He was like dying of like some disease yeah. in that movie. So I don't know. You can retcon anything. Yeah. Um, so um, I'm just getting callbacks to when everyone's like, the scepter's not an infinity stone. You're an idiot. <laughs> and then they're like, oh, it is. Mm. <laughs> retcon, baby. Um, I'm trying to think, okay, what else do we got for this one? Um I mean, lots of great action sequences. Florence Pugh was amazing. Yeah. I want to touch on the after credit scene really quick. Um, I have no idea what Julia Louis Julie Julia Louis Dreyfus is doing. Yeah, I don't. I don't get it, and I don't know if I really like. Yeah, it. Yeah, I'm in the exact same boat. I think they're trying to make like she's the new Nick Fury. Seems like, but like the evil Nick Fury. Yeah, I don't. I'm not sure. I wonder if it's going to be like a like a secret Avengers where they're like they're good guys, but they bust some heads a lot more than like of like normal people. (laughs) It seems very Thunderboltsy to me. Yeah. Yeah. Because. But neither one of the entrants so far are like evil. I mean, John Walker's I wouldn't call him. John Walker's. I mean, he's just a piece of shit. Yeah, but he's being manipulated like he's not a bad he's not. I wouldn't call that character. So I guess like you got him and then you got her manipulating uh, Yelena or Yelena to 
kill Hawkeye. Yeah. So, okay. So does Yelena show up in the Hawkeye series, do you think? Very possible. I think that would make the most sense. Um, I really think Hawkeye's going to die. Yeah. That would be um, so sure, sick, which, if so. Yeah, I mean, I, I'm all for it. Um, but yeah, it's just, to me, I think what I don't like about it is that it feels so inside baseball, kind of, where it's like, who is this person? Why do I care? And what the hell is she doing? Yeah. Um, and she's just, you know. Because at least with Nick Fury, the first thing was like, I want to talk to you about the Avengers. So everybody's on board. Like, we know what he's up right. to. Yeah, you can Google it and be like, okay, this is yeah. what's happening. But then this lady, she's like, my name's Contessa Valentina Allegra de Fontaine. And I'm like, what? come again? What? <laughs> you know, as someone that doesn't understand these things. Um, and so it's, yeah, it's it's a little bit interesting. I'm not sure exactly what our Lord and Savior Kevin Feige is going with there. Yeah, me neither. But but um, I I will not be shocked when it culminates into something amazing. <laughs> Pretty much, yeah. Yeah. I have no doubts. I'm just like a little confused on the execution. Yeah, for sure. For sure. Um, but yeah, I mean, like this this had some great action sequences, lots of really cool just like women kicking ass. Yeah. Uh, which I really liked. Um and I kind of liked it felt a little bit heisty at the end. Yeah, for sure. Um, where it's like we're like watching this plan unfold and you're like, wait, why did like Molina like double cross them? And like you realize that it's it's Black Widow and the man. It's just like a lot of it came together really nice. Yeah. Um, I will say I thought the first two acts were better than the third act, which kind of surprised oh, me. Oh, okay. I don't know if I agree um, with that, but, but please continue. I just I kind of struggled with the very, very end um, where they're falling from the the floating red room that is crashing to the ground. Mm-hmm. And I'm just really struggle with scenes where you can tell the character in the movie would only be doing what they're doing if they knew that they survived at the end of the movie. You get what I'm saying? Like Black Widow jumps with no parachute and she's jumping off of flying debris, fighting, you know, other people. And while she's falling to the ground with no, it's like, it just doesn't make any sense. And like one random thing happening, she'd be dead. And it's just like, it just like felt so crazy. I just like, she's just a person. And then at the very end, what I didn't like is that Yelena, Molina, uh, Red Guardian, Black Widow all survive. All the other Black Widows come down. They have like a jet. And then she's like, no, I'm not going to go with all of you guys. They're like, we have a plane. Like, just come with us. She's like, I'm going to deal with this just general Ross stuff. (laughs) And then they um, don't explain yeah. how. That and then they don't do anything all. with it. Yeah. <laughs> and I was like, is that like their way of just like showing why she was like allowed to be in Infinity War and like all these things? Like, yeah, maybe. Um, it just like felt a little bit forced. Though I do like that the vest that she wears in Infinity War was Yelena's vest. Yeah. The whole pockets joke I thought was hilarious. Yeah. <laughs> um, I really thought that this movie like really allowed for like a female voice to be present in the writing uh which i really liked because i feel like that's not super common yeah um yeah i uh i guess my thoughts on the ending are i definitely like she's definitely just a person but i do think you are maybe discounting a little bit the effect of in this 
insane universe what hardcore assassin training from the age of like two would would allow a person to be able to do yeah um, that's fair but and 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 i also would believe that because of as a result of that same training uh like as we've seen in the way that Nat actually eventually dies. She has no problem jumping to her death to achieve her goal. So, right. so, so I, so that I, that, that worked for me too. Like I, I, I believed that. And, and I, I liked how they ended up like, I know there's that one part where she kind of like lands on like a, like a falling piece of scrap <laughs> And that that was the most defies all of gravity. Yeah, that was the most yeah, that, to me. That was the part I think I literally said to Amelia in the theater. I said that is not how gravity and physics. <laughs> yeah, work. but but other than that one part, I think it would have been very easy to. It would have been very tempting for them to show her doing some Black Panther shit, jumping from thing to thing to thing to thing, and they and they, I like that instead of that. They just basically had. Did they have Yelena come and save her, or she went to save Yelena? I forget which one. At the very end, Yelena's is kind of laying on the ground. I think. Well, no. As they're falling, uh, they one of them grabs the other one, puts the shoe. Oh, on. she goes to save. Yeah, Yelena. yeah, yeah, yeah. I I like that. I thought that uh, because I just recently saw a real life video like a week ago of. Not the same situation, but very similar. It was a group of skydivers. Two of them collided in midair. And one of them passed out. So this guy's unconscious, falling to his death. This this dude who was wearing a GoPro, absolute fucking literal hero, (laughs) flies towards this guy and pulls his shoot this unconscious guy falling to his death and pulls his shoot for him and that is one of the craziest fucking things i've ever seen in my entire life and that was just a that was just a guy like yeah dude like can you imagine like you had to buy that guy beer for the yeah, rest of yeah for sure for sure but yeah i watched it like four times that video was incredible crazy. yeah everybody definitely looked that up i don't know how but it can't i mean just look up unconscious skydiver safe and i'm sure it'll be the first result um so crazy. but anyways that that is to say that i um if that if that fucking guy can do that i would believe a uh, a an, an avenger like a person who's so physically skilled that they can hang with the avengers i i i, I buy that that's my justification in my head Damn. Well, if you buy it, I feel like I have to. <laughs> well, there you go. Um, but the General Ross thing did annoy me. It's like, you're not even going to reference what happened? Like, I feel like they maybe shot something. And maybe. It's just not there. Yeah, maybe. Um, yeah, that felt a little weird to me. Um, but, you know, at the end of the day, it's like, all my grievances for this film are so minor. Yeah, for sure. Um, I really enjoyed it. Um, I'm looking forward to watching it again. It was just like a solid action movie that was fun to watch. Um, and it just a little bit interesting. You know, I, I think I would actually enjoy some more prequel MCU movies just because I do enjoy the connective tissue aspect of it quite a bit. Yeah. 
Yeah. It's just always interesting. Like, oh, like just even like little tiny things that are not too on the nose. I just like really like it. Like, oh, that was Yel- Yelena's like best. Like, I love that. Yeah. Um, my only other question is like, where are all these Black Widows and where has she been throughout all this? Yeah. Well, I mean, where's she been? Like, we haven't really seen much happen in the universe. Right. Since, yeah. Since Nat died. So. I guess I'm not saying that. uh that it's it's a plot hole. I'm just interested. Oh, you know meaning I mean? like she could have come to help, like not necessarily replace. Yeah, yeah, I see what you're saying. Yeah, I like I just I'm just interested. Like, was she was she snapped? Like, what happened? Oh yeah, um, potentially. One other Twitter little nitpick here. I am so tired of people being like complaining about the lack of of the Avengers caring about Natalie dying or Natasha dying in uh, Avengers Endgame. So many people on Twitter are like. They had a funeral for Tony, but they didn't do anything for Natasha. I'm like, <laughs> they're literally like, they had a whole like thing on the, on the, like the deck or dock about <laughs> it. And, you know, like Hulk is like throwing like benches and shit. <laughs> and they're like, I'm glad Yelena did something that none of the Avengers did. Just calm down. <laughs> Everyone's always so upset about also, everything. Also, they obviously for sure had a real funeral. We just didn't see it. Just because it doesn't yeah. happen on screen doesn't mean it didn't happen. Yeah, they're like, Tony didn't save them on it. Tasha did. And it's like, oh, my gosh. Can we, like, people just chill yeah. out. Just Please just chill out and, like, be happy, maybe. <laughs> you know? I just don't understand did, Twitter at all is what I'm finding out. He, oh, yeah. Well, that's for sure. Um, I'm going to take that as a good thing, yeah. though. <laughs> uh, did you like how... She just slammed her face down on the table to break her nose. To oh, dude, that was dude. Brutal. I thought that, I thought that was so sick. That was such a baller. Oh my move. gosh! Well, that guy, General uh, Dragoff, was just like the scummiest, yeah, person yeah. ever. Great villain. The fucking yeah. oh my worst. gosh, yeah, yeah. Like, dude was basically um, <laughs> he was basically the. MCU version of um <laughs> what what is the movie producer's name? Oh uh, Weinstein? That, Harvey <laughs> Weinstein, yeah. He was basically MCU's Russian Harvey Weinstein. Oh man. And that guy just like you could tell he thought he was like untouchable. Um, yeah, yeah. And so fucking smart. And I was so happy when he just got so yeah. fucked. Yeah. Oh, I would have yeah, she hit her head. Fuck. Yeah. I would have liked to just see her straight up put a bullet in his head, but I understand why they didn't want that to happen. <laughs> but yeah, I think I would have preferred that yeah. too. I would have preferred a bullet in the dick than the head. Well, yeah, sure. Oh my gosh. <laughs> it's absolutely insane. You know, I didn't really know where they were going with this whole, like uh, the black widows are controlled with chemicals thing. I didn't know that that was a storyline. And then the very first scene with uh, Yelena, that was like super interesting. I'm like, what the fuck? Is yeah. Um, so I like that aspect of things because I think it makes yeah. sense. And th- th- was the explanation, am I nuts? Or the explanation was pretty much the reason why Nat's not is because her generation was before this. Like this is a newer thing. Yes. Okay. Yep. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So like they used to just psychological yeah. condition, but then like Melina basically helped them chemically yeah. condition. I think they forgave um, her too fast. She seemed pretty fucked up. Same. <laughs> Same, yeah. No, that that like probably one of my other gripes is I feel like the Red Guardian because I can't remember his name. What was his Alexi. name? Something with an A. Alexi. Alexi. Alexi and Melina kind of coming to the sides of 
of um, Natasha and Yelena. I feel like that needed a little bit more time. Yeah. Because I just like, why would Melina change then? You know, that her daughters are back. Yeah. Like, I don't know. At least at the beginning, like you could tell she's like, I don't want to leave. She didn't want to leave Ohio. Yeah. You know? um, she's very Americans esque. Um, if you've ever seen that TV show on FX, which is amazing. Um, but yeah, that part I thought could use a little bit more time. But other than that, I really liked it. Yeah, same. I don't know if I have anything else necessarily to specifically to say about it, but <laughs> Alexi's uh, back tattoo. I must have missed it. What was it? He has a like a vision back tattoo. Let me see if I can pull this up. <laughs> what? Hold on. Let me go to the scene. Okay. <laughs> I need to. I need to admit something here because I had to go pee in the middle of this, and then I came back. I actually never watched the scene I missed because I was only gone for like two seconds. Um, because I'm that good. Um, okay, here it is. Let's see. Um, okay. So Alexi is, is like doing arm wrestling, um, in the prison. And I think they show a picture of his back and there's a vision tattoo on his back. Like of the I'm character, just... the vision. Yeah. So. What I mean, okay. Fuck? I'm watching it right now. Watching it right now. Let's see. Come on. Oh, he's getting tattooed while right, he's doing right, the right. arm wrestling. I guess I didn't even notice what the tattoo was. I'm waiting for it, waiting for it. Because I didn't I didn't get to see it because I was peeing. And I was like, you got to be kidding me. It's like I missed <laughs> the one thing I needed to see. Right. Okay, it's coming up, coming up. He's getting tattooed. <laughs> I want to see the tattoo on the back. Let me see the tattoo on the back. Imagine it's not Vision. You were lied to. They got. They have to show it. They have to show it. I think you're lying. Not to. seeing it. Oh my god! What happened? Hold on. Hold on. Let me go all the way back. All the way back. I must have missed. Let's keep. We'll just keep talking through this while while I actually watch this movie on Disney Plus. We'll narrate We're exactly what's happening at least. Okay. He just he just did one arm wrestle while he's getting tattooed. He's talking. He's getting tattooed while arm wrestling. <laughs> you can't. You just this said the exact same thing backwards. Okay, maybe I was lied to here. I don't know what's going on. I think you were lied. I feel to. like they have to show. Oh no, no. Yeah, okay, they just showed it. Let me pause it on the screen here. I mean, what is it on screen for less than a second? Yeah, it's on there for like a second. Oh no, it's a red guardian. Oh tattoo. my god, so it's not even vision. I'm gonna yeah, I'm gonna have to <laughs> And I had to have a long talk with Amelia there. <laughs> Amelia! <laughs> we need you for a sec. Hold on. Hold on. We got to get the full oh story here. I think God. this is important. Hey, Mia! She's she's coming. All right. <laughs> We're going to do a quick interview. Quick interview. Oh. I'm just going to ask her. I'm not going to lead the question. Okay. So, for all the fans, she said it was a vision tattoo. Okay. All right, this is an exclusive interview with with past guest of the podcast, Amelia. Uh, can you just come in for a second? We got a question for you because there's some confusion here. Oh my gosh! Welcome to the podcast. Um, so I went to the bathroom when we saw Black Widow, and I came back, and you said that I missed part of the <laughs> I missed part of the scene, and the Red Guardian was getting a tattoo. Who was the tattoo of? 
It looked like he was getting a tattoo of Vision. Oh, see? See, she told me the Vision. <laughs> it's actually not the Vision. What is it? It's a red guard. He's getting his himself tattooed on oh, himself. that makes more sense, actually. <laughs> I was so confused when you told me in theaters. I was like, why would they choose him? Why would he really want a Vision tattoo? I don't know. But I, he, I believed you 100%. Maybe he really liked Vision. I don't know. Shit. <laughs> well, I just went through. We went through like two minutes of the movie live on the podcast just so I could see. I was like, I need to see this vision tattoo that oh Amelia God. was telling me about. And it's a Red Guardian tattoo. Oh, okay. All right. So you heard it here first. Uh, she lied. Definitely. <laughs> there you go. This has been an exclusive interview. <laughs> Thank you. <laughs> we'll get back to our regularly scheduled podcast here. Oh, man. People are All either right, going to so- love this episode or hate it. <laughs> You know, I'm leaning towards love, but, you know, I'll take the hate, too. True. This is gold right now. So, <laughs> All righty. Anything else for Black Widow? Uh, do you want to give your quick 30-second uh, review of Black Widow, Amelia, while you're here? You want to? You wanna... Okay. Um, so I thought that the best part about this movie was every single character that could be a woman was. And I thought that was pretty badass. Um, and it was feel- filled. Sorry, I can't speak today. Filled with just, like all kinds of humor which i really appreciate in marvel they're fucking hilarious oh sorry i don't know if i can swear on this podcast <laughs> we don't give a fuck <laughs> um and yeah so my favorite things in movies are badass women hot badass women and funny badass women so all of those things were in this movie so i thought it was great this is a lesbian wet dream is what you're saying <laughs> basically all right um do you want to do you want to rate it just for fun what do you got um, I'm six. You're six. Wow. All right. Wow. All right. Six out of six. Eric, are you ready to jump over to ratings? Yeah. Yeah. All right. Following up, I have to say my my tagline. As we do on the <laughs> Infinity Watch podcast, we rate our episodes, movies, whatever it is we're watching out of six whole Infinity Stone, just like how Amelia gave this movie six out of six. Eric, what are you giving it? Um, I think I'm gonna give it a a five out of six. I I really liked Ooh, it. Like I, I liked it a lot more than I expected. Um, I think those those lack of expectations really helped you. Yeah, there. yeah, they did. I'm I just which is terrible news for uh, Shang Chi. <laughs> Unfortunately, oh god, yeah, your Shang Chi <laughs> yeah. expectations are through yeah, the roof. Yeah, they are. But um, oh my god. But no, I I, I thought this was this was a uh, a a Great movie. Yeah, same. I think I'm going to follow you and, and give it five out of six Infinity Stones. Um, I wish I could give it 007 out of six oh. Infinity Stones for the fact that James Bond as a franchise exists within the Marvel Cinematic Universe now. Um, so, yeah, that was that was a nice treat. I just really enjoyed the movie. I'm looking forward to watching it again. It was different, and, and I think that that was good in this case. And it was a story that was worth telling, even though I think a lot of people said it wasn't. Um, yeah yeah so yeah it was fun yeah I, I really enjoyed it and it's just there's no there's nothing to lose by giving someone even more background yeah I think. and fuck that guy in blade one who's uh, oh I'm, yeah i'm yeah. embarrassed for scarlet dude Scar- i'm embarrassed be yeah. embarrassed, for I'm embarrassed yourself, because bro. yeah you're embarrassed that you're not scarlett johansson yeah. making a shit ton of money in a series that you wish that you were yeah. in um, you haven't been in anything good recently. That so guy's an absolute down. bitch. Fuck that guy. Yeah. Yeah. No, for sure. For sure. Um, all right. Let's jump over 
to recommendations. Uh, what do you got for us? Oh, this week? Uh, let me think. Let me think about it for. Well, no. So here, here's the thing. So I've I've mentioned before on this podcast. I just I've continued to do all year. I have tracked pretty much all of my media consumption: books, video games, television, and movies. They're all tracked in like a Google Doc, and uh, so that's my first recommendation. Do that. It's so it's so interesting. And I, I like rate everything. I do it out of 10, but <laughs> which may be blasphemous. But uh but yeah, it's super good. But uh let's see. I am going to I'm gonna recommend the stand-up comedy special by Anthony Jesselnick. Uh it's called Fire in the Maternity Ward. <laughs> and wow what a title yeah and it, that's a pretty good indication of the kind of comedy that's uh that he does he's super dark um but ridiculously ridiculously funny i listen to uh he he has a podcast that is one of the f- few i listen to every week and he is uh he he's he's gotta be well i don't know if he's my favorite but he's him and Dave Chappelle are probably tied for my uh, for my favorite comedian. Um, that was Anthony Jeselnik. Yep, and, yep. Anthony tied? Jeselnik, uh, just incredible. So so fucking funny. Um, he does have kind of a cadence that like annoys people. I understand he just talks and he like he's in no rush ever, uh, and and that puts some people off. But I think it just kind of like adds to the timing of the jokes. Um, so I really like it, but I, uh, I've had more than one person tell me that, that, that his cadence is like tough. Um, I don't think it's tough, but it's, it's, it's unique, but I think it's funny. So yeah, if you like stand up comedy, if you like dark comedy, uh, really check out any of Anthony Jesselnik specials. They're all gold in my opinion, but a uh, fire in the maternity ward is the latest one. And, uh, nice. yeah, super good. I love it. Um, this week, I'm going to do some Doctor Strange stuff. Oh, yeah. Um, I'm going to go back to some comics. Um, Doctor Strange comics were really cool back in the day because I feel like they just gave a writer some acid and some <laughs> mushrooms. And they're like, hey, have fun with this, bud. No one really reads this that much. So just kind of do your own thing, which to me just like produced a lot of really cool comics. Yeah. So I'm going to do two trade paperbacks that you can get on Amazon. Um. One is Doctor Strange Don't Pay the Ferryman, um, which is, I think it's like seven bucks right now on Amazon. Totally worth it. Um, it's written by Roger Stern and Peter Gillis. A lot of just like kind of trippy, fun Doctor Strange comics that kind of get you introduced to the weird shit. Um, and then there's another one that is called Doctor Strange. It's an epic collection. It's called A Separate Reality. Um, and that one is, is, is written by, uh, Roy Thomas and, and I think Stan Lee actually has a couple of them in there too. Um, but just like really cool trippy stories. And I think with Dr. Strange and the multiverse of madness and Marvel, what if coming out, um, more Dr. Strange stuff seems to be happening and we'll see more characters from it too. So I think it's super cool if you're interested in like reading or just even looking through some of those books, I think you'll see a lot of, um, homages and kind of people trying to replicate what those books were doing um in the movies and shows going forward so all righty um that should be it for today i think my other recommendation which will be an ongoing recommendation is for twitter to calm the fuck down (laughs) true um so we'll just mention that there if you want to reach out to us on twitter you can at infinity rewatch 
or shoot us an email at theinfinitywatchpodcast at gmail.com. You can also shoot us mail to Croatia. If you just write the Infinity Watch uh, podcast and then just Croatia as a country, they'll they'll get the mail to us there since uh, we're basically royalty now. Um, and Eric <laughs> is, is marrying the crown prince. Um, so that'll be it for today, I think. And we'll leave it with, do we have a Red Guardian fuck the billionaires, do you think? Oh, man. <clears throat> All right. You can do it. I believe in you. Fuck the billionaires! <laughs> fuck the billionaires! I think that was <laughs> Yeah. Alubium and fucking the billionaires! <laughs> Something like that. I kind of lost the Watto on that one, I think. Oh, man. All righty. <laughs> Good shit. That, that's a wrap. <laughs> <laughs>